Okay, hello everyone. Hi. Welcome back. Oh, do we have to pass this back? Is that and too forth? heavy? No, that one will be for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And then me and Ryan will pass this one back. Oh, okay. Is that like too weighty? No. Do you need it? Okay. It's funny. Right. Yeah, but it's, it's not heavy. It's nice. <laughs> so uh, today we, after not having any guests, we have uh, guests two episodes in a row, mm-hmm. and um, this is a very special guest. It's Maria Dizia or Dizia in <laughs> <laughs> Italian. Properly, um, but I don't say it properly. Maria is my teacher and mentor and she's an amazing uh actor and i'm just gonna give a little little uh bio synopsis uh she was nominated for a 2010 tony award for in the next room and a drama desk award for belleville uh she was just in the broadway revival of macbeth she played polly on three seasons of orange is the new black and she's been on the staircase the undoing 13 reasons why bunch of movies and she's on this uh paramount plus show called school spirits Mm -hmm. right now and she's gonna be in a new uh disney plus it's a marvel show right Mm -hmm. no yeah yeah yeah, yeah. agatha coven of chaos (laughs) (laughs) and she's an amazing teacher and um a filmmaker oh right i mean barely barely i made i didn't finish it i'm I'm working on finishing i actually have to um find the tracking number so i could get the drives (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then I'm gonna do more editing. Um, okay, what do we? Where do we start? Uh, I have a question, sir. Oh, okay, cool. Um, well, first, I would love to talk about how you guys met. Um, what it was like when you first met Maria. What you guys? Um, and I would honestly really love to hear your impression of Ryan when you met him. Oh, uh-huh. as uh, as an actor, also versus because um, he told me so much about um, what he's learned from you. Oh, and he speaks so, nice. so like openly, so warmly about how much he's learned from working with you. I, I would know the love best thing that ever happened to me is that I met Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> <Wow-y>. <laughs> me too, but this isn't about that. Yeah. Um, so I would, lo- so I would just love to hear about, I guess, what um, where Ryan was as an actor then versus now, and and how that all came together. But um, oh, uh huh. So. Um, and you can also like literally do an impression of me uh, no, if you want. No. Uh, so how did I, <clears throat> I mean, I knew of your work and mm-hmm. I read like just by watching stuff and I, I'd seen Martha Marcy May Marlene and margin call and stuff. And, um, then I think I read, I was really into James Grissom's stuff. Oh, right. His Follies yeah. of God page. Mm-hmm. And he wrote this beautiful, he wrote this essay about you called like <clears throat> oh, Maria nice. Dizia extremist oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) but then i found out about your teaching or coaching from um i took a class i took a class with jessica hecht with um james Crichton. oh yeah right james i just i just worked with him i haven't uh, seen him haven't yeah, he's teaching. Forever. Oh, it's great. Yeah, he's teaching now. Uh, so, but he was just putting himself on tape for a project, and so we saw one another. Um, but he did a podcast episode with you. Yeah. Have in, you done any other podcasts besides that? Besides that? Uh, mm. I don't think so. I did one with a friend, Kat Foster, but we were talking mostly about being parents. I mm. think. Oh, we can talk about that too. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> I sorry, I have my nervous voice. Oh, is that I couldn't? No, a, I, I didn't a, hear it's it. It's a tick. It's a nervous tick. 
um, it overlaps as we go on. Yeah, it's a, it's probably Everybody tied to childhood trauma or something <laughs> like that. Um, <laughs> working that out with my voice teacher. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I found out, I think you mentioned on the episode you did coaching and I was like at mm. the, the, I was at like the peak of my, like how many more classes do I have to take to like really feel like I'm, Learning, I felt like that for such a something. long time. Oh, learning something. That's so interesting. I no, always felt like when I had to choose, because they always, like on the website, it was always like beginner, intermediate, oh, advanced. Yeah. And I always, I felt like I could never p- pick beyond beginner. Mm. I So I, I thought, I was like, how, how much studying do I have to do before I'm willing I, to say that I have some idea of what I'm doing? I guess what I mean is, it's not that I wasn't learning anything, yeah, yeah. but it wasn't like something about me or the way it was being delivered to me like I just couldn't synthesize Mm -hmm. it in real time and anyway so I was still in the throes of my obsession of getting an MFA then and I uh, I started working with Maria on my monologues yeah I remember them and so the first time I met you was in that apartment yeah you went to my my boyfriend had this my boyfriend (laughs) was able to like stay in this giant because he was working on it yeah he was working on a studio apartment in chelsea and i was like pretty new to new york then and Mm -hmm. i just didn't understand like how incredible it was that you were in a duplex so stupid and like (laughs) you're calling it a studio but it was a duplex it was a duplex yeah (laughs) and we we (laughs) and so we met downstairs yeah and it was like and I made you walk around, like I you made did the you Lindy do, yeah I, did, yeah, I did like acting exercises with you yeah. like, and it was in like your bedroom. The, that was, a, <laughs> I, I think I started like slowing down mm. then, because mm-hmm. that was the first time anyone had really been like, what, what is that, uh, uh, what image does that make you think of? Oh, and like, right, what yeah. about the image? You know, just mm-hmm. not, and that your own image was like creatively valuable Right. And not, um, yeah, I don't know, trying to like invent something that isn't there. Yes. Uh, right. Um, so then, but then like COVID happened. I know. And then because when <laughs> you first asked me, when did I meet Ryan? I was like, did we meet? And then I had to remind myself that we did meet in person first and that you weren't just in a rectangle because yeah. I knew you in a rectangle for a very long time. Yeah. For like um, two years. Yeah. Two whole years. Once a week. For Once a week. Monkey. Yeah. Excuse me. Stop. Cat. Was that, were you working privately or was this? A uh, no, in a class. Both. Yeah. And, yeah. and right. And privately also. But yeah, when I first met you, you know, I don't think that I, you, I don't judge people when I first see them. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like what I like about teaching, should I keep talking? No, or? no, I have an email from you Oh, where I like, just keep going. Oh, where you're like, what's my deal? And I was like, look, oh, here's sorry. your deal. <laughs> I love this. I love what uh, Okay, great. Yeah, let's hear what I said in the email. But oh, one of the things that no. I really like about teaching um, is that I like to, um, like we were saying that, like I like to get after it. You know, like I like to, I don't think of people's work as a self-portrait in some way. You know, I think of it like, okay, this is where we are and we're here and we want to get over here. And um, sometimes I think that I don't know where we're going. I I feel like I can tell, um, like most people can, right? I mean, that's the whole thing about being an audience member is that 
even if you don't know a great deal about acting, you can still tell when it's working or not. Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. Kitty. You know, right? Which is so um, fascinating. So you, you look and see the tension that people have and, you know, what I think is going on just as another animal in the room with someone else and try to get people to be closer to something that is... I don't know, like a lot of different things. Like for some people, it's like something, you know, exciting and huge. And for other people, it's something just like really, really quiet, right? Mm, you know, yeah. you're just trying to get people closer to themselves. And so I don't think that I, it's, no one ever walks in and I'm like, I know who you are. This is who you're supposed to be. Let's get you there. You know, I think it much more. It's like, all right, well, let's figure this thing out. Did you look at the email and it was just so horrifying you had to close no, it? I, no, I don't think, I mean, I, should I just r- not look at it and re- should I just read it? <clears throat> yeah, I want to, what does okay. it say? I want to know what I said. So I don't know what I asked you. I just mm-hmm. have the reply. Um, <laughs> Great. You know, I, was, I asked something like, what do you see and where do you think I'm yeah. going or something like that? Uh, you said, my thought is that you have all the things you need and that you have a deep understanding of the scene. And mm. then I want to say, give yourself up to us, which is easier to write, of course. Mm. But I get the sense that there is something being held back. And my first thought is, are impulses being held back that don't fit with your sense of who you are as an actor or what it is that people want from you? I wonder if it is not trusting the viewer. I'm not asking you to tell me in any way, but audiences are bloodsuckers and we <laughs> want all of you. Um I think the Lindy Davies work is a really helpful way to find our deepest attachments. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That feels right. Yeah. Yeah. About like I- that makes me remember when we were downstairs and you were walking around in the room. Yeah. Yeah. And doing stuff that I wonder, I felt like I would see these impulses that either, and I didn't know what they were. I was like, I, it was either, I was like, Either he wants to like reach out and strangle me and he's trying to like stifle that impulse or really he just wants to sit there and be like, I look like someone who would strangle you, but I really don't want to. (laughs) And I actually want to just be this other thing. And I couldn't tell, but I could see that there was the editing going on. Well, thanks to four years of working Mm -hmm. um, with you, I don't think I have a problem with that anymore. Yeah, wonderful. She's going to see our play tonight, which is uh, just chock full of impulses, if if anything. And uh, you can can write me another email about it. Impulses are great. (laughs) Um, No, it's great. You always have... I mean, that's one of the things that I think is... Well, I guess it's challenging in everything. It's just... It's the timeline in which acting... Uh, is produced that makes it difficult to be the artist because in other work you can do it and then you can stand back from it and look at it in minutes or hours or uh, you know the next day but in theater and tv I mean theater you're you're never going to see it you have no idea what it is that you're doing and you really just have to rely on what's being mirrored to you from other people and I don't know some senses that you some sense that you have in your bones about what's going on and what's being communicated and then in tv and film months years later Mm -hmm. you're like what was going on on that Tuesday (laughs) 
look at that poor person trying to figure it out. Yeah. You know, and so I find it to be, that's the hardest thing. That's why I really like teaching so much is because I feel like it's a real opportunity to, to get in there and figure things out, to, to look at somebody else. Is it for me to talk through things the way I think through them and then get to see it reflected in this other person and to see. So I learned so much about myself doing it, which is why I like doing it. You know, as I see like, oh, when you say that to somebody, it's not helpful at all. Yeah. You know, or it doesn't mean anything to that person or like, look how simple. The thing that I love all the time is that when we do the, um, uh, what is that called? The improv monologues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just love it. I, I love so much when someone just has a key to their own. Yeah. It's just sense a perfect of, little key. Yeah. Uh, your own sense of freedom, not somebody else. <laughs> Telling you, bless you, you know, telling you, go left, go right, up, down, softer, hate her more. You, you just makes just give someone a little bit of a key and, and they modulate the entire thing. They're able to surf the, the whole scene. I love it. I love seeing that happen. You know, that I, I feel like it proves that all of this stuff is coded in the scene. You know, all of that work that the writers spent choosing the language um, the what people say when they say it, the silences, it's all in there. And as long as you are free and open to yourself, then you can be free and open to the text also, you know. And then there are these other like little surprises that happen along the way that are about individuals, you know. But that's one of the things that I like the best about it. How did you start teaching? And, and um, how did, yeah, how did that happen? Yeah, I started teaching. I was, uh, I, it was when I was in Belleville, and we were invited to speak uh, at uh, Freeman's studio. And after we did, he came up to me and he said, I think you'd be a really good teacher, based on like how I was answering people's <laughs> questions and things like that, um, which was so nice. And then he said, come. No, I hadn't thought about it. I didn't. I... It was a great, it, that was a, it was a big deal, him asking me, not like a, you know, not like in terms of, yeah. you know, things that you, <laughs> certificates that you hang on walls or whatever, but <laughs> it, was like, <laughs> it was like a big deal for me in terms of like changing how I thought about myself and giving me a place to, to work on having some um, mastery of something. And I wouldn't say like it's mastery of acting, but it like sense of being able to communicate with people and see more clearly, I think maybe that's what it started, that I started to feel like I really could see clearly and understand things in a way that before I was like, the whole world is just this big nameless mush. Well, it's a huge gift <laughs> that you're teaching, and I know it's more rare for you now because you're working all the time, or well, you were working all the time before, but you're really working all the time now. But, um, and I have a kid. Because <clears throat> when I started, I didn't have a kid. Yeah. Uh, but like, I can't think of another teacher besides Jessica Hecht, mm -hmm. who's also wor wor works as much as mm -hmm. you do. You know, there are a lot of teachers that like, they work or they worked t 25 years ago or something like that. Mm -hmm. But like, it's just so invaluable to work with someone who's in like like you know like the a, a peak of their career or whatever you know like going to all these new places and able to um 
relate all these. I hope my summit is a little higher. Well, yeah. No, I'm you just kidding. You know no, I, mean. I was just, you know I, I couldn't, I had to, I, <laughs> I couldn't help myself. I had to say it. You know, you know <laughs> I mean, just, but, but like, you know, it's like you, you're yes, reaching no. new peaks all the time. Yeah. No, right? but that's why I, yeah, that, that's why I really love it. Like I think all the time of, um, when I auditioned, I auditioned for Louis twice mm-hmm. for so, the so FX show. On that. I love that. I felt so lucky. I love that part so much. Um, and the second time I auditioned, I had just finished taking a UCB 101 oh. course, when, and, which I failed my way through. I was not mm. great. I just remember uh, my teacher, uh, you know, watching us and saying, Maria, do something. <laughs> <laughs> um, and right, it sticks in my head all the time. Do something. <laughs> he was great, though. I love that. I love, I love uh, you know, getting screamed at from not very far away yeah um i think it's fun because it's like you know, I, yeah it, no it's great right it's really great especially when you can tell because i think that you can tell in these little ways when someone's engaged with the work and when someone is uh when it's personal and mm. when you when you can tell that it's not personal someone's just engaged with the work i love it i love people just screaming stuff and doing the, anything to just disrupt for sure. the self-consciousness or that the feeling of the mind body split. Yeah. You know, I don't think that that right. There is never really a mind body split, but the feeling of that, you know, to like jolt it anyway, yeah. he was great. Um, and, and then I auditioned and I, I always felt that those two things were connected and there were you getting Louis after mm-hmm. having yeah that. after doing that and I don't think that it was because I took a class and became good at doing that I think it was because I went and was in a challenging situation mm-hmm. and was like game and so then I was game in the audition mm-hmm. and I think a lot of the time that in acting and, and things that I really like. And I think the things that I feel like I've discovered in getting to watch other people is that you don't have to get to the other side in order for your performance to be interesting. You just have to be, um, engaged with it, mm. engaged with the problem. So I, I feel like, and I, like to the other side, I mean like you don't have to overcome self-consciousness. You don't have to overcome yeah. nervousness. You don't have to overcome being intellectual. You just have to be engaged with it. And trying to find and, and working to find movement and freedom and, and working to find movement and freedom is I, th- I think that, you know, that is the that's where then you find these moments of freedom. You don't actually, I don't think, arrive at the other side and never have to work on that stuff again. And I think that the people who are able to deliver performances like that, that are like consistently are people who are engaged with it frequently. They're just, they're just, real, they're just really more. well practiced at not arriving to the other side. Right. You know what I mean? Well, I think they're really practiced with not, t- not, um, when they find themselves like, Oh, here I am again. Yeah. Like here I am again in front of this brick wall. I thought I did this brick wall already. <laughs> like instead of having it, stop themselves or take moments of punishing themselves or knowing being like, okay, I have have tools to get over this wall to get through it. And I think also that I've become more interested that I think that the brick walls that show up when you're acting 
actually have a lot to tell you. Uh, yeah. That's right. A whole, like in the past, yeah. right. It always just felt like it was this thing, like this obstacle that is, and that the character is on the other side yeah. or the good performance is on the other side of this brick wall. Instead of it's like the way that you dismantle this wall. It's, it's inside of the is obstacle. The, exactly. Yeah. Is your performance. Yeah. That was a huge. And I, to me, right. It, it, to, it really helps me so much. It'd be like, oh, this is the thing you don't want to do. So now you have to figure out how are we going to get you from here to there. It's and it's like, in figuring that out is, I f think it's the, um, that's the distance between you and the character. That's the stuff that you have to grow to understand or find in yourself or excavate, you know, th yeah. find things that maybe you buried or you weren't on good terms with and, you know, in your own head. Yeah, it's like my mm -hmm. when I start I started working with my intensively with my therapist about the same time and he's mm -hmm. he's like a super Jungian. Yeah. And yeah, he's it's very much like the 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 issue mm -hmm. the energy mm. that he doesn't like name it good or bad. He's oh just yeah, like, that's it's very nice. Energy. Totally. Yeah. And why is it why are you uh, spending so much energy on this, yes. like the the, the why, and you don't have to answer. Right, right, either. exactly, right. And it's, it's not just, pejorative. It's not yeah. right. It's not why but, you're spending. Uh, it's like, yeah, let's find out why we're spending so much energy on and, this. And then right. kind of reframing it as like the richness of the problem mm -hmm. is. Um, and now I'm kind of like, oh, thank God for a problem. It means I'm having like a feeling about something. Yes, right. You know? Yeah, exactly. That's one of the things I think about too. Is that there were um, in the work, not in my life. <laughs> I know they are two different things. Um, yeah. Cause you could get better and better at acting and not get any better at life. Yeah. I think sometimes <laughs> they're not, you know, I feel like I always want to say like you grow through your art and I don't know if you grow through your art in any other way than just getting better at the exact thing that you're working on. Yeah. You know, like not even anyway, <laughs> but, um, I find that like transitive, the, the transitive property of that stuff like, eludes me a little bit. But um, what, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yeah, that a, a lot of the, I thought a lot about, um, you know, when you feel numb on stage, right? A lot of actors are worried about not feeling something or, you know, and to just change the relationship about that, that maybe the the things that we're not feeling is because actually you have a lot there. Yeah. Well, what, and it's not, and it, you're not allowing yourself and that smaller emotions, uh, we're, it's easy. We let ourselves have those feelings, let ourselves like have those thoughts and, you know, do that little kind of, because there, there's no skin in the game. It's not, um, you know, it's not upsetting. Well, and so that when you the, go blank is instead of an indication that I don't understand this, I have no way in it. Mm. In fact, maybe it's, you have a really big feeling about it and you are not ready to express yeah. it or you don't know how. Well, I think working with the Harold Guskin stuff mm -hmm. is like a great, cause it like, it shows you that it's actually impossible to not be having feelings. Yeah. Right. Basically. Right, right, right. It yeah. doesn't matter what it, is yeah and then, call and then it you, numb call it yeah, yeah i don't know that yeah. the feeling of numbness is like a huge creative springboard yes uh-huh and i also think right i don't know is super i mean i feel like the same thing we were talking about with the brick wall thing but yeah i don't know is really important i don't know is the beginning of discovering some new thing or finding a, a behavior or a thought that you haven't had before instead of 
coming, you know, actors feeling this pressure that we have to like come from something that we know. I have to know it in order to, yeah. to do it. I, I feel like now when I when I'm just for example in this in this play, it's yeah. like when I become. Uh, when I become hyper aware of like, I'm fucking like this right now. And yeah. Then I, I, I'm like, Oh wow. Cool. It's so cool that I'm like having this feeling right now with everyone mm. here. Mm-hmm. And yes. it makes me super conscious that I'm doing a play and I love that. Yeah. That's what mm. you said. That is like, uh, doing plays is, is hard maybe because of the repetition, mm-hmm. you know, and the actual having to physically do the same thing every single time at that moment of the day, right? I mean, yeah. this was crazy. There's a little bit of instrumentalization of the person in theater acting. But what made the thing that I get addicted to is that thing that you said. Well, is like having the like, feeling I'm and with the other people. Yeah. Yeah. Like that is so exciting when, when that moment when you really feel like we're all in the room together and you don't know me you don't care about me outside of this second you know and my ability you don't care about me um outside of my ability to deliver this moment to you (laughs) you know like if i don't make good on this moment you know your our relationship had just ended you know, and I think it's so exciting when you find yourself on that. You know, it's the same thing that's so horrifying. You, know, you live through it anyway. But yeah, it's horrifying when you feel the, your contract with the audience breaking and just splintering away from you as they're like, oh, you are not the person to take us on this ride. But it's so <laughs> exciting when you're all like, when it feels like you're like, you realize they're like, you're the person. You're like, I am. I'm the person. You're the person. It feels like that's the conversation sometimes, you know, like you're the person. Yes, I am. We're doing it. And everyone's like, we're doing it, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and it's a really exciting feeling. And I wouldn't, I mean, I I think if you're lucky, maybe you get to do a whole show like that, but just those moments, you know, just the moment that you have. I feel like most, um, theaters aren't structured to like create performance. Do you know what I'm saying? For no, like a, for yeah. like the artistic staff to be like it's we're going to do a, we're going to do a play and we're all going to be like fucking mm. that the whole time and it's going to be just it's going to be like Cassavetti's uh, um, mayhem controlled yes. controlled mayhem because they never improvised, you know, but like yeah. uh I feel like that's that's Control- really rare. Well, it's so hard because theater because it's a product. Yeah. It's so hard because you want to be creating a right when I mean, you're trying to create this knowable product so people can go and they're going to have we have our pecan nut thin <laughs> crackers over here and every one is supposed to taste the same mm. you know we don't want to buy our box of nut thins and be like hmm this one's a little <laughs> you know and so that's the same thing with the show they're, we're supposed to be knowable they're supposed to be round and thin and crunchy and every single one is supposed to be round and thin and crunchy and it's, it's a really hard thing to do to have those parameters and at the same time be free like a bird on the inside. I think it's possible. And I think that sometimes that's like the fun of the thing is that I feel like, I mean, I talk about one of my favorite performances all the time is, uh, Leah Shriver in View from uh, the Bridge. View from the Bridge. Oh, wow. I didn't see that. I was too, before my time in New York. Yeah. 
I mean, I think every show that I would talk about would be before your time in New York. Well, I moved here late. <laughs> you did? I moved I here know. when I was, I moved here in 2018. 2018? Yeah, I was like 28. Oh my gosh, that's not late. Um, I'm going to my cracker. I loved it. I was sitting in the orchestra. That man started talking. I could not hear him. And I said to myself, this is going to be good. <laughs> I was like, this is going to be, he doesn't care. Yeah, great. If I hear him or not. In this way, because he was like, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something better. Mm. And, you know, he's like, don't worry. I mean, my thought. Yeah. After, he was like, don't worry, you're going to get it. Instead of necessarily, he's like, I'm going to do what I want to do so that I can deliver you the feeling of this guy so I can put you in the room with this guy. I don't know if he thought, I don't know if I said that to him, if he would be like offended or if he was like, I totally thought that people could hear me or, <laughs> but it just, ha but in a great way, I mean, he's just supposed to be like this imposing, terrifying person that, and, and, and so he made it, he, he made, he was like, I'm not going to let the conventions of theater somehow mm -hmm. dictate the way this guy, I'm going to deliver mm -hmm. this guy to you. And I, so I thought it was a very powerful thing. I totally understood no, you, you, he forced me, you force him to, uh, I'm getting confused with all my pronouns. He forced me to listen to him and yeah. also in whatever the strength that it took for him and the conviction to, to do that made him, you know, he was in charge of that theater in a really, really exciting way. And I feel like, you know, that's how he found his way. And who knows if he was doing that every night? I don't know. Yeah. That's what happened the night that I was there. Maybe sometimes he did other things. I feel like the Lindy Davies work, especially mm -hmm. um, the grid work mm -hmm. and the series of, you know, some people know what I'm talking about. Some people don't. But uh, this series of, it's like you're on a grid and you just, you have like uh, seven different movements that mm -hmm. you can do. And um, you just keep going and keep going, keep going yeah. and like face the boredom and i think that's a really good practice microcosm mm -hmm. for I like do. blocking in mm -hmm. a play or something i think it's good for so and many microcosms yeah it's I good agree. for I blocking think it's, like, it's also good for just meeting the head that you bring on stage with you yeah yeah I, well we were doing the grid work one day and i was like someone was like what's the grid and i was like it's your life <laughs> like, as a, you know what i mean it's very interesting sure. how like yeah, yeah, yeah. this can be this little this little grid can be like a mm -hmm. metaphor for how you are yeah I'm, well i remember the, the best or not the best but a definition of art that i really loved is from a woman that i met at a bar after an art show and we were talking about stuff and she said that it is um that the art stands in for the world mm. and and so it's something that is finite that you can it's it's finite and it's not um I was gonna say like it's not actually happening in a way do you know what I mean like it yeah. is hard to talk about big horrible upsetting things when they are actually happening right you you can't talk about the murder of someone in the middle of the murder and mm. all the complexities and all the things about the behavior but if you represent it somewhere so it is not actually happening, then you get to have this distance from it and you can allow yourself to have thoughts that you might not ordinarily allow yourself to have. 
and you can follow that thread through to its end so that you can really so you can really analyze and really figure things out and it was that definition that I was like right that is the value of the thing this finite representation of things so that you can begin to understand this huge big unknowable thing that you have a lot of conflicting feelings about which is the world which is to say yes the grid totally that's a totally a way to be like look you just here right yeah, <laughs> instead of yeah. just instead of thinking about your whole life all of your the right your past your future all of those things why don't you just walk around on these lines no, and, and that's, that's going to be your life and let's do let's do this because they're not complicated movements. yeah right and see how right. you behave right exactly and how you behave you're totally right and how you are on this grid is how you are out on the sidewalk yeah. i guarantee it <laughs> you know but i do think there's also a special thing is that it's not exactly how you are on the sidewalk it, it i think it because i remember when i was working before I met Lindy, I found it so hard. You would just find yourself like in rehearsal. There was no way to meet that mind that I was going to bring into rehearsal before rehearsal. There was such, because that brain is different than the brain of working home by yourself mm-hmm. or uh, just thinking about it while you walk around or even um, rehearsing with friends, but without an audience. Yeah. It's that, what is that mind? Like it's, what is the mind that pops up when you are making stuff in front of other people? And I feel like that Lindy exercise gives us an opportunity to meet that self on your own. Yeah. If you, if you want, yeah, yeah. to meet it and to just be like, Oh, you're, this is what you do. This yeah. is very familiar. And how can I get myself out of this? Instead of, I found myself always encountering that self when I was already in the middle of like a hundred other things. So I was like, I, you know, you're, you're, like you said, you're, you're working on the blocking, you're fielding the emotions of, and, and the, you know, insecurities of all the people around you, plus trying to figure out what you feel about oh, this text. And, and that is when you're, you're going to also work on your relationship with yourself, with your creative self. It, it's, it's really hard to do all those things. What's that thing you say that's really good about other people doing shit and you're like that's no. not mine or something oh or what is it yeah. You say? yeah so what if that's not me <laughs> yeah what if it's not mine yeah what if it's not mine is the most wonderful thing a person could ever say to themselves right because we we forget when we're acting sometimes how porous we are as people like if you walk into a room and you're not acting you, you're able to be more clearly like oh i don't want to be here or this play is amazing. Like I'm so excited. You know, like when I walked into your building just now and I was yeah. like, the juju in here is so good. Thank you. Where instead of when you're acting, sometimes you can forget how porous you are. And you think that every thought and feeling that you're having is somehow initiated by your own brain rather than being something that you're picking up from the environment mm-hmm. that you're in. And so I think it's really important when you're having thoughts and feelings as an actor and it's like, what if it's not mine? This is uh, semi-related, very strange point. One time I worked with a shaman, uh-huh. and she told me she was like, um, "If you're going to be an actor, you better figure out where your lines are, so oh. you don't, so you're not mixed up about who you are, who you're pretending to be." Oh, uh-huh. So she's like, "It's really dangerous if you don't know where your boundaries are." Yes, and right. I remember, um, I remember that I, I couldn't quite grasp. I was like starting to grasp, but then, but uh-huh. that makes more and more sense, and that's what I think of too. About you don't know if it's yours or not. I think yeah. about that all the time. Right? That's actually one that is a good, I love that. But that's right. That's one of the things that's so exciting about acting also is that 
you, and that's the, the collaborative part of it that I think is also, um, addictive. I mean, I think it's related to that other addicting thing that I'm talking. I mean, I think for me, I think the addiction is the connection, you know, the connection with yourself and the connection with other people and the connection with the nameless, faceless group of people that are watching the thing is that you can be in a performance and you can be absorbing something from the audience that makes you go somewhere you've never gone before 100%. and right and makes you a bigger person if not for all time if just just for that moment mm -hmm. you know and right that's the thing that's so thrilling but you're right i think that you're a shaman with shaman I don't really know how to pronounce that. I wouldn't pronounce it like I'm from New Jersey. Shaman. <laughs> Shaman. <laughs> um, but no, that person was right. That Because I do think that it's interesting. I, I feel in some ways that, yes, you do need the boundaries to protect yourself, but you also need to have the boundaries so that you can go and have the big flight. Mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes if we don't have boundaries, we're afraid if we go on the big flight, we won't come back. Mm -hmm. Or something is, or we're afraid that what's going to happen to us on that flight. Whereas if you have boundaries, you're like, all right, well, no matter what happens, I know how to get back here. Or, you know, and I think that does happen to people. I mean, I think that's why, that's why it's so hard, you know, to, to stay sober, to... You know, all those things that a person does because I think it can be. Sometimes I think we're trying to shake ourselves out of ourselves. You know, sometimes it's just like, I can't do it, so give me a drink and then the true self can come out in some way. And then sometimes it's because I I have to, like, I need to decompress after this big thing, you know? And Your so it is. remembers no matter what. And it's yeah. like you're acting and you actually let yourself have the experience. You are literally living through the most impactful moment of that person's life. Mm -hmm. Like that is this, that's what the play is written. That's why the movie exists. Mm. It's the most important Yes, right, exactly, right. It's not just like Tuesday. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and right, exactly. Knows, no matter what, and you walk off with it. And mm -hmm. it's nice if you have the boundaries and you can leave it. Yeah. If you have some kind of a something to let you do that. Yeah, it is. It also, that's the importance, I think, also of giving stuff up. Mm -hmm. you know like really giving it up I think that sometimes that's something that happens in a longer run I think that could be challenging is that you're like I have to do it again tomorrow so if I do the whole thing tonight how am I going to do it tomorrow also and that is like when like doing performances get cumulatively like it really starts to like physically hurt your body not just because of the repetition but I think you're because you kind of hold stuff which because what's wonderful is when you really give it up then it's up and it's out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, up and out. It, you got it. It went into the audience and then, you know, they processed it. And that's that great feeling of like when you go through something really cathartic on stage, but on the other side of it, you're elated, right? You're like, oh, I feel so unfettered and great. I don't know how I'm going to do it again tomorrow, like where that's going to come from. But you know, some of it is some of it is muscle memory. Some of it's mnemonic, right? It's just like, yeah. I hear this, the, the the body goes like that. This other thing, you know, and you've set you set this chain reaction, you know that. I, I think that maybe the chain reactions work best when they're subconscious, when you don't really know all the little micro things that are a part of that moment. I think if you start to, I mean, everybody's different. 
But for me, there always has to be some secret in order for me to do the thing. When mm-hmm. when things start to, when I know what's going on, I'm like, oh, it's because she says that in that way. Mm-hmm. Then it's, it's done. It's done. It's yeah. done. Beforehand? No. It's a secret to you. It's a secret to me, like a real oh, genuine nice. thing that mm-hmm. I don't understand about mm, the character cool. or about what's going on in a moment that, you know, or what I'm really doing that's affecting me or what someone, you know, and, and once I know the thing, then that's it. I have to find something There's else. There's always something else you won't know. Yeah, no, there is. Please, there's always something else you don't know. There's always something else, which is great. But sometimes I get upset when I'm like, oh, shit. And you got to go back in there and figure stuff out. Because it is nice. Sometimes you can do something where you have like three or four performances in a row. And you're like, I don't know what's going on, but it's just real nice right now. And then you figure it out. I I hate it. I'm curious. Okay, so I'm not trying to like... Mm. What am I trying to say? No, uh, no, say, say. It. I hope. Are you going to insult me? That would be so no, much no, fun. No, I, no, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I would love it. I, nothing but nothing but compliments. Because uh, that's another way to connect. <laughs> I don't know whether a lot of uh, maybe I just. Uh, what am I trying to say? I don't know a lot of other actors who are as like interested in who like love acting as much as you or the craft the craft yeah. of acting mm-hmm. or studying. I love it or training and um. Uh, I'm just sort of curious, maybe for our, for our like 20 somethings and so mm-hmm. could, could you kind of just, cause I sort of know your timeline a little bit, but mm-hmm. like, can you tell us how the, like the training accumulated mm-hmm. and how that led to relationships or work mm-hmm. and then, then how you kind of went from theater to film and I, I guess how you arrived at this like mm-hmm. artistic uh to where we are now thing place thing <laughs> it's, it's more than a place place it's, you know, um yeah. yeah i mean i feel like the the very short version is that the thing that kept me moving forward is i really didn't feel like anything that i was being i, I do think in ways i also felt similar to you i didn't feel that anything that i had learned was sticking or in some way. So I kept moving on to the next thing because I was like, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. That's not it. And I was just, and also I was just, I think one of the most important things about acting is willingness, you you know, willing, Are, are you willing to do the thing? And there were lots of ways in which I was not willing. And because I wasn't willing, I really needed to, you know, when you're willing, you, you just need somebody to give you a space to work. And I, although actually I think everybody just needs a space to work, <laughs> mostly a space yeah. to work instead of somebody just telling, filling your head with nonsense is, is a lot better. Mm. So I take that back. I think that everybody could just acting class should just be like a room. <laughs> you just go into the room and they give you a script and it's just like, you know what? Figure it out. And I actually think that that would probably go great. Mm. <laughs> I do. I think it would go really well anyway, but that's not how acting classes work. Instead you do scenes and people give you their opinions about them. And the, the things that were happening were not things that things that are being told the people's opinions were, 
you know, I was really interested in them and, and moving things forward, but it, there was nothing ever that I felt I could take with me to the next thing. I was, I had never felt the first time was at Esper Studios mm. was that I felt the thing that I, you know, he's teaching A, I took away, I mean, as much as A as I could, but I also took away B. I'm not saying that he was, you know, I'm not saying what I learned I, is necessarily all they have to teach. I think, yeah. you know, I, I, I do think in that way, like you go to an acting class and one person takes this thing away from it, another person takes that thing away from it. So the thing that I took away really was uh, the importance of the other person. Just pay attention to the other person. And suddenly, I, before that, I did not really know what to do in rehearsal. I pretended I knew what to do in rehearsal. I thought that my job was the director's job. Yeah, sure. Which was deciding um, what the focus of the scene was, deciding where the climax was, and coming up with blocking. And I, that's how I would go in a scene. And you know, that's not, that's not it. <laughs> that's not the actor's job. And really it's just to pay attention to the other person. How are they making me feel? And what do I want to do in response to that? And suddenly just from that, from that really simple thing, then I was like, Oh, now, now I do have ideas about blocking mm -hmm. because it's not just thinking about where should I move in this space? It's like, Oh, I feel this way. And, and now what needs to happen Yeah, to like do the universal blocking that must, that, you know what I'm saying? It's yes. just like, it's like a, Cons it's a concept rather than yeah like yeah, yeah just all those flying triangles yeah you know on there's <laughs> everybody in the triangle and stuff like that so and it's always you, but anyway yeah so so had the whole thing go in the third grade I decided I wanted to be an actor yeah I told my mother in the parking lot I said um I love acting and there are people who are better at it than I am but I think if I keep working at it I will uh <laughs> I, I mean, I said this part I'm embarrassed about, but I was eight. So I said, I will be better than them mm. if, if um, I keep working on it. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, it is so funny, right? <laughs> the competition is baked into the art making. It's totally. It's yeah. so funny. Yeah. It really is. I guess maybe in some way because it's a express, you know, it's a expression. Or I guess it starts out as a I'm here kind of thing i have there's stuff going on in here i have more stuff going on than other people yeah you've, you've got to see it yeah you gotta see it <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny uh, i love that it, you, it must be seen you gotta see it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's so third grade i did that i didn't think i was good i you know i didn't and i was not getting you know feedback that we did rapunzel and i was um rapunzel's mother so I thought the feedback wow. was also your <laughs> character actress. <laughs> totally. So the feedback is like, yeah, you don't know what you're doing. Um, so we're just going to put you over here briefly. Um, and uh, then high school, my high school acting teacher was an extraordinary person. I mean, the thing that I learned from him was the stillness mm. and, you know, that was a really important thing. I mean, he was able to get high school students to like connect with their feet to the floor. Nice. And so mm -hmm. you could do a lot with that. You know, that looks like a lot of different things. You know what I mean? I feel like mm -hmm. I, you, you can, he was the artist in that mm -hmm. respect. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? He found a way that he could get high school students to stand still and then he could put them different places on stage and create, and he could make it look like a lot of different emotions and things were happening when what, indeed they were not. What plays did you do in high school? We did Antigone. Shit. I know. 
I'm doing like Footloose or something. Yeah, no. <laughs> we did. That's what I'm saying. This, he was wow. an artiste. We did Antigone. We did uh, Lysistrata in high Damn. school. <laughs> uh-huh. Like edited. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else did we do? We did a play that he wrote called Yucca Flats, which is wow. obviously about the, you know, the bombs experimenting i'm trying to think of oh we did a play called dialogue of the carmelites about nuns going to the guillotine in the french revolution yeah wow Uh uh-huh dialogue of the carmelites we did we did i mean meet me in st louis oh you did meet me oh we did equus (laughs) oh my god i was not in i was not in equus yeah he was you know and oh and we did animal farm i remember that was fun this is like the this is like the Steppenwolf season. <laughs> yeah, and so he got the kids to take all of their like really antic energy and channel it into the floor and talk loudly. Oh, and he also did Mother Courage. Damn. You know, and he. I mean, it's that great thing of uh, you know, when you have kids and you challenge them, they rise to the occasion. I also we did Durnmott's The Visit, which to this day has one of my favorite lines ever, which is "You are your own hell." I mean, that's the best. I always think of that in conversation with Sartre. When, when I was growing up, I worked. So in addition to doing high school theater, I worked yeah. with a community theater. Oh, uh-huh. And they did a lot. They did a lot of musicals. But but like the way these people could fucking sing, mm. you know, and like they were I've still I could like I still like cry, like thinking mm. about all of the emotion from yeah. these like from like Linda. that's so great yeah um, but then they they do you know i i still have like images in my head of the death of a salesman that they did Mm -hmm. and i just feel like i don't know yes i I still think think that's so funny you say that because i still think of a death of a salesman monologue that a teenager did that we were in a class together you know and she was 15 and it it was gorgeous it was so beautiful um then you went to college yep then i went to college and i studied more theater and you know that was i did take acting classes but that's like the focus of that was you know like the history read all the plays afrobane um yeah the rover (laughs) (laughs) really useful i know (laughs) but also but all you know a big hole you know, so much that a hole that a big hole of, you know, the, the, just that whole thing of pretending that theater mm-hmm. started in Greece. Yeah. And, you know, that just this idea of this thing that doesn't do anybody any good. It's just a mess. Um, but yeah, that and and um, yeah. And then I went to grad school because I. It's one of those things. If that's what you think, then that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Which is, I was like, I, if I move to New York and, and get a job, you'll never hear from me again. Yeah, that's how I was like. That's yeah, I was, like. I was like, I can't do, I was like, I can't do that. I went to Chicago because I, I was just like, I feel, felt like I would just die. Yeah. No, me too. Yeah. I would just, um, I didn't have like any, I didn't have that executive functioning of somebody who would like, I was like, I need to go to an institution. I need them to whip me into shape. And then when I am approaching 30, then I can (laughs) go to a big city and walk around by myself. That's true. Totally. (laughs) No, I'd like never, 
Uh, I visited Chicago. I didn't visit New York until I was 25. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and I didn't visit Chicago until I was 21. Like I'd yeah. never like been to a city before. Wow. Where did you grow up? Ohio. Like in, in Ohio. the cornfields. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. Went to college in the cornfields. Yeah. That's wonderful. It was great. Yeah, it is great. And then it's all because you have to come to the big city with something. You know, mm-hmm. I'm from New Jersey. And sometimes I think it's not, there's not enough, not enough going on with me. Not enough different to have, you know, a, a, something of value. You know, I think it's, you have to, not everybody can have the same experience. Not everybody can be rehashing the same friggin' suburban stuff, you know. Yeah. There have to be other things so that we're not just looking at things and going, mm-hmm, like, yep, that's how it is, yep. You know, you have to have things that challenge you and make you a bigger, I mean, that's the whole point, make you a bigger person, help you understand things that you normally wouldn't understand or have access to. So what did you leave? Did you leave UCSD with those things or? No. No. Mm-hmm. No. no, I did not. Uh, really, I know I left UCSD and um, I felt I, there are certain, there are technical things that I learned that were really helpful. I feel, you know, like our, the link letter stuff was great. And that's that kind of stuff. Like she filled us with the link letter. And then little by little, I feel like it unpacked like over the next years that I started to feel the value and understand really what I had been taught in a way that it was hard for me to, I think some people were able to assimilate it immediately, but it was hard for me to understand in those three years. But then, you know, mm. in the next 10 years, I was like, ah, that's why that's mm. important. And that's what's going on there. But so technically there's a bunch of stuff I felt filled with, but I, I thought like in terms of feeling inspired and wanting to do stuff is less, I was in a worse off place than when I started. Um, because I don't think it's a great, like, um, it's weird. I, I think that it is, uh, it was nice to have the institution, right? I mean, that was the thing I was looking for is like some form and predictability and security. I mean, I always think of the thing that David Mamet says, you're like paying for an audience. Oh yeah. He's like, you're paying, you're paying for an audience. He, you're hates, paying. he hates it. Yeah. He does. He hate was it. like, he like trashes it. Yeah. He's like, you'll be 28 uh-huh. and you'll be a dead Right thing, like mm-hmm. or whatever he says. Yeah, I think it happens to a lot, a lot of people. I think a lot of people, um, and so yeah. So you're well, pay, you're paying people, for an audience. You're, you're paying to, to have schools. people have somebody watch you before you're interesting to watch and be like, mm, how about a little more blank? <laughs> and uh, you know, like so that part is it's important. It's, I mean, it's like anything. There's good things. It's, it's flawed. There's good things about that. The the flawed part is that the 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 mammoth thing is that you you learn more faster just being in being in front of an audience mm-hmm. that you didn't pay that who they where they paid to come and they want something from you and instead of in a nice cuddly way telling you how you could move closer to if you were so inclined <laughs> to, <laughs> if you feel to like this it. thing <laughs> you know instead they're just like yeah that's not funny yeah. and it's also boring and 
I'm starting to hate you a little, mm. you know, or the other thing that I think about is just how the non-event that you could just, just how forget, forgettable you can be, just how people mm. can just sit in front of you and think about a million other things that they have to do and not feel particularly anything about the fact mm. that they're in the room with you. You know, and all of that stuff is so important and to really actually feel it like that's it, because then it's not just an idea. It's not something that someone is saying to you, you know, when this happens, blah, blah. It's like I f you feel it. Mm -hmm. And then when you feel it, then you can start to move around it and figure your way around it. That's the only way you can figure stuff out is that you can figure, oh, now I'm somehow getting closer to you. It seemed like I had lost you, but now you're coming back to me. Or I had you, but now I, I feel I'm losing I'm losing you in some way. And and that's only you only learn that from being thrown. Now all that said, the thing that was great about me going to grad school is I met Les Waters. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that and he cast that. me yeah. he changed he changed <laughs> my life. He cast me in in all the things. He cast me in Eurydice, he cast me in Yeah, that's how yeah. I met Sarah Rule. You know. So that's why it's a, you know, but I, I do think that you have to, you can't then therefore decide that something, you know, it's not good or bad. It's these things. And it's good if you know going into it, then I think that, yeah, go, if you go to grad school, you have to, you have to supply yourself with the other thing in some other way. You have to, you have to go out and audition for some stuff that doesn't have anything to do with the school over the mm -hmm. summer or something. You know, you have to get yourself somewhere else in order to like supplement this thing, I think. Um, and then you got here and then mm -hmm. did you do the two year program or at Wesper or just prior? Just, no, like, I did study? the summer program and then I like began the two year and I did it for, I can't even tell you how long. I have no idea. It could have been a year. It could have been a year and a half. Could have been two months. I was auditioning at the time, which they do not say. They're like, which I totally understand. It makes sense. They're like, look, just why don't you study mm -hmm. and not, um, you know, take it. But I had such anxiety about, oh, no, if I'm not out auditioning, then maybe that one part that I was good for, I'm going to miss it. Yeah. So it ended up I um, did Agnes of God, mm -hmm. you know, in New Jersey <laughs> and went on that trip. But that was, you know, a good experience. The, the thing that I wish that I had done with that part that I didn't do is I wish I had experimented more. Mm -hmm. I, I was, I was treating it much more like, I mean, cause it was one of my first professional jobs. And so I was treating it as though no mistakes could be made, you yeah. know? And instead I should have said to my, I, instead I should have had the perspective to be like, you're, you're in New Jersey, you know, like, don't worry about it. This is not, um, you know, there, there's not like a big spotlight on you right now. Yeah. So you're, you, you're in this situation. So why don't you like fuck around and see what works and see what it's like to walk out on stage thinking that you don't know what you're going to do or, you know, instead I, you know, I feel like people, people live their whole lives and never feel that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't want people to feel that way though. I mean, that's <laughs> when I work with people, I want people to feel, I want people to have a real sense of autonomy and power, you know, I want all their, I want them to feel, yeah, they can experiment. Otherwise, you know, it is. Otherwise, then what's the point of the thing? Mm -hmm. I, I, I do think that, like, you know, 
when you're in theater, like in those environments that I was in for a really long time, there are sometimes the reason why people want to be in that environment is because the thing that being in, in a play and rehearsing a play affords you is, is control. You know, people want to memorize their lines. They want to know where that person's going to stand. They want to know where they stand. They want to know how to say it so it sounds good, you know, and it, it's kind of, it gets baked into it a little bit. And what we're not, and, and it's to, totally the opposite of the thing that really makes a performance exciting and makes seeing a performance a, you know, transforming experience in some way is instead is the idea of, you know, making yourself available to something, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? Um, so when did you meet Harold Guskin? In this? Yeah, so then, yeah, so the, right, the Esper Studios. After Esper Studios, then I worked with Kim Gillingham. Oh, wow. I think that's how it went. Before she was... Oh a yeah, big, early. Yeah, 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 yeah. I worked with her really early. Chris Messina was the person he started <sighs> working with her. I love him. Yeah, he's great, right? And he <laughs> and he uh, a friend of his told me about uh, Kim and he was like, "Stop telling everybody about Kim. <laughs> then we're not going to be able to get time with her." Like she is great, but like, dude. And so uh yeah, so I worked with her really early on. And so that was another, that was a big thing. The thing I learned from her was the first time that she's very Jungian. So mm-hmm. I learned that about the archetypes and the idea of that this thing. And she was the first person to introduce that. Yeah, that it's like this thing is passing through you, that you're porous. Mm-hmm. That it's not, it's not something that it has to originate from somewhere inside of you. You are making yourself available to it and those things that are swimming around between and among people are available to whomever wants to tune into it you know and uh and so that is a really great thing because it's simul it's cool it's it's a simultaneously like empowering and and freeing thing like absolving thing of you know allowing you to do big things you know um, and not have to tie them to childhood trauma or something like that. Yeah. You're just like opening yourself up to the to what's already in the world. You don't have to be dealing with this like myopic like little thing. You know, but Sense it's both. Memory. They go, yeah, but it's both. You know, they all. Yeah. I mean, first yeah, of yeah. all, whatever works. I, you know, yeah. that's how I always feel. Like I'm like whatever works for a person. And I don't think I. I feel like actors have the ways that they work, but then sometimes they employ new things or have to shed things, you know, because I think each part demands a different thing from you. And so it makes sense that you can't work on every single part the same way. You know, it's like, no, this thing wants you to do this or this thing that, you know, Mm. investigating this thing has nothing for you. So I always feel like when I watch, you know, I'm like, look, whatever works for it's pretending, you know what I mean? Like there's a way in which it's like, you're pretending, look, however you got to pretend. I'm not going to gatekeep your pretending. Yeah. And I, I feel like, (laughs) I feel like, I don't know. I feel like the Kim Gillingham stuff and mm-hmm. the Harold Guskin stuff, and um, I just feel like it's so much. You know, I, I feel like acting training since mm. 1920 or whenever the whenever like Richard Boleslavsky brought mm-hmm. that over. I mean, it reflects the psychology of the times. Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. or it's like a yeah. A then it got loop. like married to like free. Freud, yeah, everybody, yeah. everybody so, was in and now I've like with the 
Strasburg and the Meisner and mm-hmm. the all that, and I just feel like the this more unconscious thing is like more now, mm-hmm. yeah, or how I am, or like uh, the the uh, the like the right here this moment of the Guskin or yeah. whatever is. I mean, I know that's what they were getting at. Too, yes, because they also but, had that disagreement among themselves about yeah. whether, you know, Lee Strasberg was very heavy on the, on delving into your, your own life and others were more interested in the imagination. Yeah. What, what can you, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not what you've experienced, but what you will allow yourself to imagine. And then I think in some ways that it's like, but that's still like a you, there's still a you imagining. And I think... I don't know, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I, I feel like the way things are moving now is like trying to like get rid of that you in a way. Yeah. Like just yeah. like you're a conduit and like, and so having this sense that people are, this is what we were talking about before, that you have, this is an opportunity to be bigger. This is an opportunity to get filled with, and it's definitely, yeah, has moving away from, yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah. But I think, I, what, but you're yeah. right. I think when it's done well, like, uh-huh. like, you know, I have these two books, The Art of American Screen Acting, which oh. you would, I, like, I don't know who, who is that? I he don't wrote, know. it's a guy, Dan Callahan, and mm-hmm. we just had a bit, we had an episode about it last mm-hmm. week, but, um, he just, whether you agree with him or not, like he just fucking nails some stuff and he just puts a lot mm-hmm. of opinions out there and it's tracing like the, t- the timeline of all these things through various actors and whatever. Uh-huh. And, and he says like Ellen Burstyn is oh. the, like the most positive example of the Strasbourg oh, uh-huh, thing uh-huh. and that she was asked and she says she doesn't use a thing outside of her own experience. Right. And I do love something about all that pain, like seeing yeah. it. Like, you yeah. know, when we watch Requiem for a Dream, you're like, oh my God. Right. Oh God. Like, Requiem for a Dream. I could never watch that again. It was <laughs> so painful. I, 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 I know, could never, I, ever, ever watch it again. But it is so there's, something, there's something amazing about it though. Yeah. I think. No, I agree. No. No, I would. I meant I couldn't watch it again because it's so oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. huge yeah, and earth yeah. shattering and upsetting. Mm-hmm. Makes your bones hurt. Um, yes, I agree. I, you know, it's a, it's a, like a contradiction in this way that it's like I don't know. So, right? I mean, in some ways, like the deeper you go into your own experience, the deeper you are touching something that is more universal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and then it does feel like similarly, if you open yourself to something universal, which is like, what does that mean? I think it means um, like giving yourself over to the text and to the ex not the expectation, but it's like the that that feeling of the that the the attention of the audience, like how it can fill a performer. That that also that that can lead you to um, something very personal, mm-hmm. you know, and having illuminating something in your own personal life that maybe you never understood before. Um, there's something else I want to say, just about. Yeah. Oh, oh. I guess I wanted to say that I, I felt like that the more. Uh, our lives became separate from one another that I do, do feel in this interest and, you know, in the Jungian kind of ideas like flourishing and this wanting to, I, I think that, that, yeah, the, the art I think the changes, Jungian thing, yeah. uh-huh. for, for me, it provides 
it replaces religion, I guess. Uh, For me, it provides like a deep sense of like mm. spirituality and mm. it kind of like the understanding of, of consciousness and unconsciousness you mm. explore with it. I kind of think goes beyond mm-hmm. religion mm-hmm. in a way. And yeah, I, I think that's the reason for it is because we had to, you know, with the collapse of organized religion, basically. Yeah. Yeah, no, I do century. think that it's like, yeah, it's people like are separate from one another that is like craving mm-hmm. that feeling of being connected, not just to one another, but to something greater yeah. and to something that is, that, you know, is on a continuum. The idea that these archetypes exist throughout time. So if you think there's so that, less yeah. you, does that mean you're no, I think no. I I, I feel or, like make no mistake. It's always <laughs> uh, it's always me. It's yeah. only my noggin. Yeah. It's only my brain. It's only ever going to be my perspective of the thing. I think that sometimes, not in your well, yeah. Sometimes sometimes your brain can open up a little bit, right? And you get these glimmers, and you feel like you can get. You feel like you don't know where the things are coming mm-hmm. from, and you feel like that's the archetypal coming in, yeah. or. Yeah, or or whatever you want to call. I mean, I always like Larry Moss talks about. He's like, he's like, you need to have a super objective. You could call it broccoli if you want to, but you need to have a super. You know, I feel the same way that it's like the archetype. I'm like, I'm not sure if it's the archetype, but whatever that thing is, we could call it. Yeah, we could call it broccoli if we want to, but you know, it's that like opening. You get to experience that every once in a while. You know, but what I think is interesting is that is not necessarily always aesthetically pleasing. You know, it's just such an interesting thing. Like, I guess that's that's really the stuff that I love about theater and film is that, I don't know, sometimes the person has the big extraordinary experience and it also fits in with the story, you know, that we're telling and it is also intelligible to other people while they're seeing it. And sometimes they have a big feeling and it's not. It's like you did it. You had a big thing. Something happened, mm-hmm. but it can't be in our movie, you know, I, which. I'm sorry. No, finish. No, that's it. That's all I was going to say. I just I, I love that. I love that constant negotiating of the of the experience and the fact that, okay, well now we got to share it with somebody else. And so you had an amazing thing happen to you, but you know, it's I not remember, reading. <laughs> I, I was, um, I remember seeing, um, I think we were working on, I don't remember what, but I remember seeing these two people in class once go back to back and one was feeling so, so, so much. Mm. And one was feeling absolutely nothing. Mm. And I was like, why is the one who's feeling absolutely nothing so much more compelling? Ah, and I was like, because yeah. they're, they're emoting for the sake of nothing. They're in their own experience. Right. And I feel like emotion yes. not tied to objective is right. completely self-indulgent. Yeah. And we read it as self-indulgent. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Well, because I guess we read it as self-indulgent because we don't have any context. Mm-hmm. We're like, tell me a story, and then I understand, and then yep. I can empathize, and then I can be in your shoes, mm-hmm. and I can have right. We need, to, yeah, we want context. Otherwise, we're like, what's going on? Yeah, what's happening? Can I say something in defense of sense memory? Oh <laughs> yes, that I use I wasn't always. Yeah. No, I mean, I just, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel I like 
I love what you said about like the personal, it becomes like universal. Yeah. Like I feel like all sense of memory for me, like mm. if everything is like a jumping off point, like for my body, mm. like I need something oh, to anchor nice. myself into truth. Yeah. Then once it starts, uh-huh. I hope that it all goes away. Right. I hope that it completely fucking dissolves. Yeah. And it becomes something entirely different. And I never think about any choice. I never think about anything. Right. I uh-huh. think about fucking God shooting through my head. And then being that whatever I am. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I need like something to anchor it. Mm -hmm. No, that makes so much sense. I think when I do sense memory, I I get a look in my face, you know, that I don't like. You could tell that I'm not there. You're like, oh, she's trying to think about something else right now. I guess what I was saying. And like I do, everyone's different. Like I feel like I'm better if I'm like, I'm here, I'm sitting in front of this table right here. I'm not remembering a table from others some, some time ago. I feel like even the muscles in my face, I feel like I have the look of a person who is, looks like they're off somewhere trying to (laughs) stir something up. Yeah. I think like this, I guess these two different, I guess what I was meant was like in my, like in Al Pacino's, 70s performances or something mm-hmm. like it's it's fun to see him doing the work like he's doing the work you can see him like doing the work oh, on camera like you know what uh-huh. i'm saying uh-huh. like they're very like all of those actors from that time who all stayed yeah. in strasburg i feel like they're very like here's the work that goes into this i'm not knocking that because it can yeah. be very entertaining right, and yeah. like a- as a like an idea about like the art of acting it's very interesting to me mm-hmm. but then i feel like Robert De Niro or some uh, other actors or what I like about you so much, mm-hmm. um, I feel like you submerge technique and then that that, that is the ultimate goal of acting. And mm-hmm. I perhaps think like the Harold Guskin and the Kim get let, that it like lends itself to doing that mm-hmm. more Yeah. than, you know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, I see. But yes, no, I do. I started <laughs> to feel after... Um, yeah, something that's really interesting about Robert De Niro is that he talks a lot in interviews about, I mean, he's not, doesn't do that many interviews, but the ones that he has where he talks about acting, about not doing anything, mm-hmm. you know, about. So does Isabel not, Huppert. Pardon? Isabel Huppert says the same thing. She says not, yeah, not She's doing like, anything. I don't know. Yeah. You know. I know. But I mean, I'm, they're doing something. Yeah, but, no, 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 no. Yeah. I think it's have you know, thinking a great deal about the thing, yeah. putting yourself in the person's, you know, situation, doing a lot of work. And then in the moment yes. when the camera yeah. is on you, trusting yourself to, in, in effect, do nothing. I think until something, right? Until you have mm-hmm. to do something. Until something bubbles up in you in some way but uh, but he talks a lot about how in the doing nothing but yeah i mean you're you're full of of what's going on but you're doing nothing and then the audience is able to see something rather than you showing them something that you want them to see um but wait what was i gonna say about oh yeah i started to think a lot like I, when i was younger i used to think that the craft of acting was uh knowing how to call up certain emotions in yourself that was the craft or you know or knowing Mm -hmm. how to like sculpt things so that people to try to make people feel a certain way and now i feel that the craft of acting is trying to figure out is having tools that allow you to let go Mm -hmm. you know uh, is, is actually recognizing when you are 
watching yourself or um, how trying to, to be acting. overly, yeah, how to stop <laughs> acting. Exactly. That's why Harold's so great. Yeah. Is right. Is having tools so that you could just let yourself be a person. Just do it. That's what we need. That, that, that's what we need is, you know, that I do this thing I talk about in acting classes about everything else somebody can do for you. You know, so somebody mm -hmm. else wrote the lines, somebody else can tell you where to stand. Somebody else is going to, um, create the the mood of the scene with the lighting and they're going to put you in a certain place we're going to film you in a certain way that that can create anxiety in an audience or it can all these other things the only thing that the actor can do that nobody else can is just be a person in that situation mm -hmm. acting truthfully responding you know and that and that that's really the um and you help everybody else do their job when you're also just responding truthfully to the thing. You know, sometimes that it's not the right line, you know, or that it's the, it shouldn't, this is not the correct blocking. And rather than thinking like my job is to do this thing here, I think that sometimes that doesn't help people. That doesn't help the collaboration in a way, you know, and I don't mean to like be a pain in the ass about it. Um, you know, but it makes people realize, you know, you see, they're like, oh, this person's behaving truthfully and it's going over here. Um, and I want it to go over there. What can I do to make it go over there? Um, yeah. I'm curious how, I think you said something to me once, like you didn't get a, 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 like a, a really good agent or manager until mm -hmm. after you were nominated for a Tony or mm -hmm. something. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just curious how, I think after I forget if I think it was after I got the job, the Broadway job. Okay. And then, and then they said, okay. I'm just curious how, um, like what led, was it, that exposure or did you have some leap forward in your ability or mm. like what started uh getting you into more tv and film and or did just mm. kind of like just one thing after the other kind of just led to another thing no or? i would say that it was working with harold okay yeah yeah i, I would say that it was working with harold that led to more tv and film mm -hmm. definitely is because he he was the he was incredibly honest with me in a way that i feel like teachers hadn't been before i feel like he has that feeling of like we're gonna get after it like mm -hmm. we're gonna get in there and we're gonna figure out what's going on you know and i'm not gonna let you he, he wouldn't let you go past a line if you faking it or yeah acting mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah if you were acting and, and not in a way not in a way of like he, he wasn't saying like that's not real he he would just be like you're not acknowledging the you're not acknowledging mm -hmm. what's actually going on with you. Mm -hmm. you you don't you know you're putting something on he wouldn't let you like he, would, he just wouldn't let you go past it you, you could just do the same line that's over what and i over do now again. in my class i oh, love doing great. it I, yeah. that's what i yell at them <laughs> <laughs> yeah like what's under that yeah like that's not a feeling right yeah what's <laughs> going on there i mean I, that's the benefit of um i love repetition i love the you know 
Meisner, repetition. So that that's the only way. You just got to get after it. You know, you have to get after the thing to really. No, this is what it is like to say this thing to this other person, or this is what it is like to hear that, you know, and to get, and it makes sense that you have to like coax yourself into that place so you wouldn't just jump into it. Like that's why like the repetition is, I don't think of the, there are lots of different ways to think about the repetition, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that one of them is like, yeah, you gotta get in there. Yeah. What's there. Yeah. Just like, like go after what's there. Yeah. Um, um, and then it gets easier, I guess, in some ways, but in some, and sometimes I think that it's, it, it can start to get harder because the more time you spend, I think going after the truth, the, the more you start to know yourself, like, okay, this is what I sound like. This is what it feels like when I'm really speaking from myself. I think sometimes the easier it is to imitate it and you can just sound like someone who is close to themselves, but you're actually not. That's the thing that's so exciting when you first start doing that work is that you're guileless, you know, and so you're doing your wacky thing and then all of a sudden your true self comes out and says something and it's disarming and it, you know, and then the whole, it it shakes everything, you know, it's such a great experience. Two people, we were rehearsing the seagull the other day and Mm -hmm. two experienced actors. I was just like, okay, we're going to guskin it. Um, five times uh, and they're yeah. like no i hate this yes and i was just like that's what i i'm so interested in that you hate it yeah great i love it yeah i love that you hate it i mean it. what's so nice about with the guskin and it, is that i think in finding that i mean Harold did talk about how like eventually you're going to be in the play and you know we like this choice better than this one yeah. You know, we, the, the line, we want the line to feel more like this than like that. But in the finding of it, he is very much like, um, you just got to start from someplace where it's real. You just got to have something going on. And then from there, then the, you're in a conversation with the scene and the scene will do what it wants to do because yeah. the scene only goes one way. Um, but you need to start in order to get on that train of where the scene's going to take you. You have to, what you have to bring to the scene is something that is real and is genuinely felt. Because if you, you can't get on, you can't get on the ride approximating it because then you'll never get on the ride. Then you're always just sitting alongside of it. So, which is an interesting thing. And then sometimes, yeah, sometimes you have to give yourself a break, I think. Mm. That, and I guess by give yourself a break means that, you know, like if you are, you know, you've rehearsed it and now you're in the performances and you're like, look, this, this is how the scene wants to be is that sometimes you, you have to allow yourself to say, I look, I know that this, we rehearsed it and it's going to be like this, but I can't do it that way tonight in yeah. service of actually in service of the scene because in service of like if i'm just honest with myself in this one moment then i have a chance at least of doing the scene of doing the scene <laughs> yeah. and and finding and finding the what the scene wants from me in a real way and really going there otherwise i'm just going to be standing next to it mimicking the scene yeah. the whole time and so i think and i Nar- think that there narrating. are ways to do that like in little moments like not you know it's not like you suddenly throw a plate across the room but that's what i think is so great is that when you're in a play which is so micromanaged in terms of 
you know, I mean, it's, it's such a finite environment that putting your hand in, in a different place than you did the other night feels huge. Yeah. You know, it feels like you, I don't think that you, you don't have to. That's kind of funny. I kind of think of TV and film as being micromanaged, but now that you say it, I guess you're right. Yeah, because the thing that's great about TV and film is... Because it's all a mess and no one knows what it is and it's just going to happen a couple of times and then it's... Well, also, if you do something that is out of the world, it's not going to be in the movie. Yeah. Like, the thing is that when you're in the play, everything that you're doing is in the play. Mm. So you could really, like fuck up a play if you wanted to but you can't fuck up a movie you, you could know? fuck it up if you wanted to you could <laughs> you could um but you know the, the movie they'll fire you before you're finished yeah. fucking it up cool <laughs> you know so you can't in that way so in that way i so you there is more freedom in film there is like you could do one take yeah you could do one where you do scream and do stuff because if we don't want that in our movie we're not going to put it in our movie but in the play, it's harder. You have to find the way that you get freedom within that thing, within that small set of things. How can you wiggle around and give yourself freedom? And so, so I think it's easier. I mean, I'm just thinking about mm-hmm. Doll's House. Yeah. yeah. That we just, you know, where they're sitting in the chairs and going around. I mean, it would have been anarchy if somebody stood up. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. and just imagine like within the world of that, play if you stand up when you're not supposed to the audience has no idea but you could probably feel like you're like all bets are off (laughs) you're like i'm an animal you know i think that um you know i think that there are ways that you can you can find stuff for yourself to remind yourself like yeah i'm choosing i'm choosing to participate in this thing um after having done so much theater and then working with Harold mm-hmm. and then. I mean, he helped me with theater so much also. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then when you started doing a lot of TV and film, mm-hmm. like, I guess what, how did your, your perspective change? Yeah. How did my perspective change about theater? Or just about acting, I guess. I don't know. Or. Yeah. What did, what did I don't really know what I'm asking, but it's like, what, what, it, what did, starting to work a lot in TV and film change about your, which could maybe lead back to how you do theater now or uh-huh. whatever. Just But yeah, how did the doing this, this TV and the, yeah, I mean, I guess it's that the camera is right there and you can't lie at all ever. You can't. It just sees all the things and is like, I don't like it. <laughs> you know, it just sees all the everything. And so... It made me, I think that it made my theater work better because it made me um, feel, feel like the audience, I mean, because I think actually the audience can see a lot of stuff also, you know, and they can feel things. And that's just because we don't get to see ourselves. You know, it's like you go do the thing and then you watch it. And then it's in the watching of it that you're like, oh, you can see everything. And in a way, I think in theater, you could convince yourself that people don't see everything or don't feel everything because you, you just never have that reflection. You, you never get to watch your own performance. I've been seeing some plays lately, and I yeah. think the audience doesn't want to fucking see anything. Uh, they don't want to. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Just Sometimes the, it's just the, the price of the ticket 
is blinding. The price, is the, the price of the ticket makes you be like, yeah, I'm going to like it. I'm going to sit here and we're going to like it. <laughs> you know, but also not. I, I've been, I've, I've had both experiences in the theater where I've, I have felt sometimes that, yeah, an audience is, and I'm like, they're going to like this no matter what. Like they laugh at stuff and I'm just like, you guys okay? <laughs> like, you know, and then you have the other audience where you are, you know, the, they feel they somebody dragged them there mm. and you're like, I'm sorry, this is not living up to your expectations for a Thursday night. You know, they're all so different. Mm. And so I love all those experiences. It's so fun. I sometimes yeah. like the worse it is, the more I love it. I'm getting more interested. <laughs> it just in, gets so, it's so exciting. I'm more interested in th <laughs> things I don't like in general now. Yes. Yeah. So it, that is, that's a fun. I, I don't think of them as like, I used to be like, so, uh, wow, I wasted my time or yeah. I wasted my money or uh -huh. I wasted whatever. And um, uh -huh. now I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm more interested. Yeah. No, one of my yeah. favorite, I mean, I, that's one of my favorite experiences all the time, like with people, with situations, with art is stuff that when I first encounter it, I don't like it. And that then I learn to see what's great. I, cause I, Love that. I love that feeling so much of genuinely not like it's such a great thing to genuinely not understand something to not get what it is trying to communicate or, you know, what a person is about and then to realize what it is. It's such a wonderful experience instead of seeing stuff, you know, you like it already because something that I feel that is true is that if you like the thing right away. That means in some way you know it already. You know, this is the second yeah. time that you're seeing it. You know, this is, and, and that's an enjoy, that can be an enjoyable experience, but I love the other one. I find the other experience to just be so thrilling, like plays that I've seen when they've started. And I'm like, what the fuck? You know, or performances where you're like, what the hell is that person doing? And then you're like, oh, oh, they're doing something great. You know, I love that feeling. I love it. I watched Christine today. Oh, you did? I watched Christine today. Oh, my goodness. Christine, Christine, I'm not going to steal it from you. Just let me say one thing. Is it not Christine? No, no. Yeah, Chris, it is. No, Christine to me is like one of those 70s style type movies. Oh, that's but, totally but what not, he wanted to do. But yeah. not acted that way. Oh, right. Because right, I feel right, like right. it's combining this more, not mm -hmm. lighter touch, but more just sort of like, more not settling on anything. Oh, uh -huh, you know what I uh -huh, mean? Uh -huh. And uh, but the 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 subject matter is so full of pain. And, yeah. Uh, oh gosh, it's torturous. Um, but that reminded me a lot of uh, like like this idea of not knowing exactly what someone's doing, and then when you mm -hmm. get it, it's like incredible. That's what I felt about um, when I started watching. I had no idea what this was, yeah. what was happening, what the plot was. Um, Rebecca Hall's character. I was like, what was happening here? I know. What's, and then when it hits, He's I'm so like, so extraordinary. Yeah. And I was, but when it hits, you're like, holy fucking shit. Mm -hmm. This is something entirely different. Yes. A completely well, different thing. I yep. make a movie about someone that like wants to die. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like someone that's so uncomfortable with themselves yeah. that like, man, that was so sad. It was. When he doesn't ask, oh, Jesus. I man. know. It's horrifying. You are so good. Oh, you are so, 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 nice so good. You. Yeah. You're incredible. That's so I nice of you. It. Yeah. I just loved Rebecca. No, that was my only job. I suggest, yeah, it was just to love her, um, which she makes really easy. No, her performance in that, I, 
I, I love her performance in that so much. Because I feel also like a lot as a person, like, I really identify with her character, you know, with Christine a lot. Um, I thought the way she portrayed it was so truthful and... Um, did you see that other movie? Kate plays Christine. I didn't, and I want it. to. It's really interesting. I know. Where? How, where can I watch it? Is I it think on? it's on Criterion. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, but oh, what is your? This is just like a popcorn. Like uh, uh, Ryan Lewis sent me some questions. Oh yeah. Uh, what's your quote unquote like favorite TV or film project you've ever done, and oh, uh, and why? What's my favorite? What's my favorite? Or yeah, I'm. Really, I'm thinking. Really like. I mean, Staircase. Was a really, you know, I would say all the stuff that I've done with, you know, Antonio and Antonio Campos and Sean. I just, I loved all those experiences because they felt, um, they do have like, they, they, they have a real ensemble feel to them. And I feel like those guys really value, like, I think it's part of their work ethic that, or, or the environment that they create that they want the actors to feel valuable even if they have a small part. Mm-hmm. And so they're really inclusive in this way. And so it feels that you're not just telling a story. It feels like you're also well, they make movies having like, an experience. Like so many uh, roles with like five minutes mm-hmm. in those mm-hmm. types of things are so... You just think about them mm-hmm. like after the yeah yeah, and so yeah, so those those things felt like very complete artistic experiences and not like something where you're jobbed in for a couple of days and then and then you head out. Um, yeah, Martha Marcy May Marlene, like oh my god, I love yeah, doing that thing. Can I ask a question that I think maybe a lot of the our, our people in our in the twenties might benefit from? Cool. Mm-hmm. What time? What time? Much time do we have left? Got it. Could you talk a little bit about like um, you said that you didn't have an uh, like a an agent, a manager until mm-hmm. you got I the a moral right? compass. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> you so you didn't. crazy. Could you? Talk I didn't. Have, about- well, no, I had a manager. Yeah. And she's extraordinary, and she's the person who helped me get the agent. I was, you know, I. Uh, I know. I, I just was. I I, I didn't have um, the the smarts about any of that stuff and I'm really lucky that um she found me she uh we started working together when I was in Eurydice which I think is 2007 and um so once I was with her I had another agent I had an agent at the time and then she was going to be my manager and then I decided because she was so wonderful that I was like, why do I need an agent? Or why, why do I need this agent? I was like, because she's so great. And so I stopped working with my agency because I just wanted to work with her because it felt, and because I thought, uh, you know, it's that thing where it's, it's not so much like to make room, <laughs> you know, like people talk now much like you have to like give up the thing you don't want in order to make room for the thing that you want. I think that's, I mean, I, I do think that has, that there's truth to that. I think it's more because, not because you're just opening some space in the universe that needs to be filled in, like in this uh, mystical way. I think because like in a real way that 
you're not operating in, in a fiction. And you're then allowing yourself to really be in the situation as it is. So for me, it was like the, the, the fiction is I have an agent. When the reality is, you know, you know, the reality is the, the level of, of work that that person is, the, the, how much they're thinking about you, how much they're, they're interested in your career. The answer is you do not have an agent. It's like you have a person you call an agent. <laughs> but that's not an agent the, and so d- does that make sense what I'm the, saying? No, so the, instead I'm like it's better to actually be in the reality and be like I don't have an agent I have this man I have a manager and also and I need to hustle because I think that sometimes when a person when an actor when a person when an actor has an agent you say to yourself okay they're in charge and if they're not really in charge that's a, a big problem I think it's really important to be in the situation and be like no I, I don't have someone looking out for me. I better go out and audition for all the things I can get my hands on and talk to as many people as I can about, did you know that I want to be an actor and be in things? (laughs) Did you want to talk to me about it for a little, Uh, you know, so that you're constantly getting yourself out. So does that make sense? Yeah. Well, just just a couple days ago, we've, we've talked about this before. uh, Mm -hmm. Like I finally have a good agent yeah i've you know i've been like but before that or even but then now it's like well i have to get a better manager mm. and blah 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 and i was with this manager for a while and it, they weren't really uh doing anything for me and then like three days ago and he's in la and mm-hmm. it's just kind of like not even the sure. right uh-huh. same, yeah and no, i can see how that would be challenging universe. yeah and mm-hmm. um uh, my agent sent me a series regular audition mm-hmm. and then my manager replied to me on the thread mm-hmm. and was like I'm dead weight on this team. I'm going to let you go. Wow. <laughs> so I was like, that feels right. Wow. You know, and now I'm facing the reality that I just have an agent. Yes. It's, <laughs> I, but it, right. But that's important. It's really important to be in the situation that we're in and not be naming things. That's what I think is more important. I don't think that it's like saying to the universe, I'm letting this go. So this other thing can happen. I think it's actually saying, like, yeah, this is not, I'm giving it this label. It's not what it is. It's actually like being in reality. <laughs> because when you're, because I, I really have a lot of faith in people that when we're in reality, you can make some good choices, you know, and you can figure this stuff out and that people are good at problem solving and that we, you know, we like handicap our problem solving when we're just not presenting the problem correctly. You know, um, we could talk forever, but yeah, we really could. Good, good and I really adapted what? to holding this crazy microphone. I'm really enjoying it. Um, I think Maria should end the episode and ask the oh. people if they like the episode to leave us those five star reviews. Oh, we, <laughs> we have none. <laughs> no, that's not true. Well, if you oh, okay. if you enjoyed today's episode and uh, or even previous episodes, you go back through the catalog and just <laughs> yes. do those five stars. Because uh, I don't think they need five. I would give it five stars. I give this experience five stars. Beautiful. Ding. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. Bye.